What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Thursday, December 10th. I hope all you guys are having a good week up until this point. Hopefully, all you guys finish out your week on a high note, man. And just know, do not stop pushing in the right direction. Just know that your breakthrough could be tomorrow. It could be the day after that. Keep pushing in the right direction. Do not slow down for anything. And just know, comparison is literally the thief of joy. I promise you, what's meant for you will always be for you. Do not ever compare yourself to anybody else on the world or on the planet, excuse me, because your journey is strictly meant for you. And nobody else is going to have to get in your lane to try and take your journey. What's meant for you will always be for you. But of course, we're still dealing with coronavirus, man. Please wash your hands as much as possible to keep the germs off your hands and off your face. Please wear a mask anytime you are in a public area or public setting. It's not that hard. When you're by yourself, take the mask off and enjoy the rest of your day. Simple. And of course, I'm going to continue to say this because this is super important. If you have any type of sunlight or sunshine wherever you are at on the globe, because I know it is wintertime. Please go out and get into that sun, man. You need those ultraviolet rays because I promise you, the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list. So please try and get some sunlight on your skin. It is super important. And of course, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. And we're still going to demand justice for anybody that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings. It simply needs to stop. It's been going on for far too long. My people have been suffering long enough. It needs to end. Point blank period. But again, I hope all you guys are doing good out there. Make sure you protect and strengthen your mental health. That is as important as ever. I know it's hard being still locked up in your house because where I'm at in Los Angeles, we're still dealing with the stay at home order. I know it's a lot of states still dealing with stay at home orders and stuff like that. So just make sure you protect your mental health. You strengthen your mental health. Do little things like take a jog, you know, go outside and and sit down and enjoy nature. Do different things to figure out how you can just be in a better mental space because your mental is the most important thing. Without your mental, you're never going to be the best version of yourself, man. So just always keep that in mind, man. But let's get right into today's topics at hand. So let's start in the NBA. Talk about the NBA. And I want to talk about James Harden. Now, I'm going to say this before we get into this. This will be the last time I talk about James Harden because I know I've been talking about him a lot. But this will be the last time I talk about James Harden until one, he gets traded or two, he ends up suiting up and playing for the Houston Rockets this upcoming season. But I really just wanted to appreciate James Harden because I feel like he has a bad reputation in the league because of the offense that he played in because it was such a ball-dominant offense and all he did was be the offense because literally the Houston Rockets offense for the past eight years since he's been there under the head coach of Mike D'Antoni has literally been James Harden. And I don't want people to knock James Harden for that, even though I'm going to continue to say this. James Harden does deserve some blame for accepting that offense because let's let's all face the facts here. There has never been, out of all the great talents in NBA history, there has never been not one time since the NBA first started in 1960 or whatever, whatever it was, there has never been a player to win an NBA championship playing isolation basketball not one Kobe Bryant couldn't do it or not couldn't he didn't do it Steph Curry didn't do it LeBron James didn't do it Kevin Durant didn't do it Oscar Robinson didn't do it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar didn't do it Magic Johnson didn't do it the list goes on there's never been an NBA champion that won a ring by playing isolation basketball and if it does ever happen 
That's probably going to end up being one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest player of all time. That's how hard it is. And so with James Harden, I continue to say that Mike D'Antoni and Daryl Morey have hindered the greatness of James Harden because we all know this is one of the greatest scores of all time. He's probably the most prolific scorer of today's generation, and that's because he has the ball in his hands more than any other star does in the league. That's just being honest. Like, again, the Houston Rockets offense for the past eight years since he's been in Houston has literally been give James Harden the ball and let him try and get a bucket. And, and if he somehow does get stopped, which is a rarity because he's one of the best one-on-one players in the league, then he'll make a pass to a teammate and they'll have to put up a tough shot with a couple seconds left on the shot clock. But I honestly, like... It sucks because I, I realize how great James Harden is. I know the type of talent that James Harden is. Anytime James Harden steps onto an NBA court, he's able to go off for 60 points on any given night. If I was a coach, put yourself in a coach's shoes and imagine that you're a coach and you you and you get a chance to pick any star player in the league and you need that star player to drop 60 points in a game. More than likely, I'm going to choose James Harden. I, I think... Out of all the stars, I trust him to get me 60 points more than anybody. You can say Kevin Durant. You can say Kyrie Irving. You can say Damian Lillard. I would not be mad at those picks, but I just feel like James Harden is able to do that on any given night. And so a lot of people think he's a ball hog, that he doesn't pass, that he's a selfish teammate. No, that's not the case. A lot of people think he's a bad defender, and that's a, a, one of the biggest myths in the NBA. James Harden is not a bad defensive player. James Harden the reason that he doesn't play defense like that is because he's so important and they rely on him so much on offense that he can't contribute everything on defense because if he does, he's going to be super exhausted and he's not going to be able to contribute. And as I'm going to keep saying, the Houston Rockets offense is based strictly off of James Harden. That is their offense. And that's why if you look at the bubble this year, when the Rockets lost in the playoffs, the Lakers, all that they did was double James Harden. That's it. They doubled James Harden, and they forced the rest of the team of the Houston Rockets to try and beat them, and they couldn't do it. From Austin Rivers, P.J. Tucker, Russell Westbrook, that's what they did. They doubled James Harden, they forced the ball out of his hands, and they said, okay, the rest of this team is going to have to beat us, and we'll live and die with that. And that's why the Lakers beat the Rockets in five games, and that's why the Rockets are completely kind of in shambles right now. And so I don't want people to knock James Harden because, yes, he was a part of this. He was a part of the problem. He should have been knowing that the type of offensive style that they play is not going to win them an NBA championship. And even though they did get close, in 2018, when they took the, the Golden State Warriors to seven games, that was one of the best performances that I've ever seen by an NBA star in my lifetime. In my lifetime. I, I was born in 1999. I've only seen a few players like that dominate the playoffs like that and James Harden in 2018 when they played the Warriors because you got to remember even though the Warriors did have Andre Iguodala banged up for most of that series he was injured for a couple of those games I think he did still play in like two or three of those games in that series and of course you know the Rockets had CP3 get hurt in game seven then with the, I think it was a hamstring James Harden carried the Rockets and I mean carried the Rockets and you got to think the Warriors had on that team has some of the greatest defenders of this generation from Draymond Green to Andre Iguodala to Klay Thompson. Those are three of the elite defensive players in the league still to this day. Even though Iguodala is a little bit older, of course, Klay is hurt right now. Draymond still Draymond. But at that moment in time, in 2018, those guys were supreme defensive players. And that's a, a reason why that team was so great. And I think they're probably the greatest team ever assembled. But neither, that's neither here nor there. 
None of those guys could guard James Harden. Not one of them. Clay couldn't guard him, even though Clay did do a good job of forcing him into tough shots. Clay still couldn't guard him. Draymond couldn't guard him. And Andre Iguodala could not guard James Harden. That is the talent that James Harden is. He is a rare type of player. Again, if you're guarding James Harden one-on-one, you better just pray that you're able to force him into a tough shot because you're not going to stop him. The chances of you trying to steal the ball from him are rare. And anything else than that, you're probably going to foul him. You're probably going to get or draw an and one. Like, it's hard to stop a player with the caliber of James Harden is because, one, his handle is so tight, and you never know if he's going to go left or right, even though we all know he's a left-handed player, so he loves to go right, but he's not afraid to cross you back over and go right. Two, he has a strong, not only does he have a strong upper body, but he has a strong lower body as well. Like he, he loves to create a lot of contact with his shoulders and with his off arm that doesn't have the ball. And he loves to try and draw fouls and even try to power up and get an and one. And like the things that he, he's able to do from the step backs to the mid-range shots, even though he hasn't taken a lot of mid-range shots since he's been in Houston, he only did it for like the first couple of seasons that he was there because Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni do not like the mid-range shot. They think it's an invaluable shot, which is not. That's truly false. But he can still hit that shot. And that's my thing, too, because he's so dynamic. And I feel like Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni and even Timur Fertitta, the owner of the Houston Rockets, have hindered the greatness of James Harden. They All the years that they've had him, they've had James Harden for a majority of his prime years. And they wasted it. And why do I say that? Because they wasted it on a terrible offense that Mike D'Antoni ran. And I hope and I pray that Mike D'Antoni does not have that much influence over the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because those two guys are, again, two guys we know could go off for legit 50 points on any given night. And I hope that they don't end up ruining that because Steve Nash is a disciple of Mike D'Antoni's offense, of course, back when he played for Mike D'Antoni back in Phoenix, back in like 2000, in the early 2000s. And so I just, you know, it, it frustrates me because I literally understand the greatness of James Harden. The chances of us seeing another player like James Harden is so rare, but just the way that Houston went about this, and now Houston is there. They created a they 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 created Harden where Harden is pretty much. He, it's almost like he's the owner of the Houston Rockets. Like that's how much say so he has in Houston. And of course, any organization in the NBA is gonna listen to their star player, but now. It's kind of like you spoiled James Harden because you gave him the ball so much and you let him do pretty much whatever he wants to do in Houston. And now he's pretty much asking for a trade and you guys don't know how to handle it because you guys spoiled him. You gave him everything he wanted, but you didn't give him everything that he needed in order to win an NBA championship. And that's always going to be the biggest thing for me because I know James Harden is a great player and I don't want James Harden to not have a, a realistic chance of winning an NBA championship. And again, you cannot get mad at Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni because they did give him Chris Paul. They gave him Dwight Howard. They had Russell Westbrook for a year. And of course, you know, the new ownership group led by, not the new ownership group, but the new front office led by Raphael Stone and the new head coach, Stephen Silas. They got him John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, a solid core. That team is really good and they could be really good with James Harden. But I'm not necessarily mad at James Harden for not, you know, attending practice. And I heard, you know, he has a clear, you know, league COVID-19 protocols and stuff like that. That's fine. I hope he does. When he does get those six positive or excuse me, six negative tests back in return, 
I hope he does report to training camp. But if he really is demanding a trade, like we've been hearing, because I think it was Woj, might have been Shams that reported today that the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat have been added to his list of preferred destinations if a trade were to happen. And look, I'm going to just say right now, he is not going to the Milwaukee Bucks. He will never be a Milwaukee Buck. One, because... James Harden and Giannis don't even like each other like that because they both have always argued about who should win MVP, who's the better player, this and that. They they both always argue about regular season stuff and never talk about postseason stuff. Two, simply the the Milwaukee Bucks have nothing to offer James. Or excuse me, they, the the Bucks have nothing, and I mean nothing, to offer the Houston Rockets. And if they did have anything to offer, they better be giving up Giannis. And the, that's what the Rockets are going to be asking for because you're not going to give up James Harden and not get a star player in return. And a lot of people don't even think Chris Middleton is a star, so I know the Rockets probably aren't going to, you know, make that trade. You're not going to trade James Harden for Chris Middleton unless you're getting, like, another star player and and some picks. But the Bucs don't really have anything to offer for James Harden. Now, the Miami Heat, I am a Heat fan, and this is kind of difficult for me because we do have the pieces to trade for James Harden, and it will probably take, like, Tyler Hero... Kendrick Nunn and a lot of picks because we all know that the standard is what the New Orleans Pelicans, or excuse me, is what the Bucks traded in order to acquire Drew Holiday. That's the standard. They traded three first round draft picks and George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. That is a lot for Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday is worth that. I'm not going to lie. So you can't really get mad if a team is asking for more than that for James Harden because we all know who James Harden is. He's a walking playoff berth. He's a walking MVP you know, candidate. He's a walking 60-piece. He can go for 60 any night. But the Heat could offer it, and I'm not going to lie. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and James Harden as a big three is an exciting big three. And I think the most exciting part about it is is their head coach is Eric Spolstra. And if you didn't see in the bubble this year, Eric Spolster proved, and he's always been, but he proved this year that he's still one of the best coaches in the NBA by far. Like, he's a top five coach in the NBA. He's probably top three. I think the only coach I might take over him is Greg Popovich. And then right after that, I got to go with Spo. Like, I really, I like Brad Stevens, but I think you have to go with Eric Spolster as a top three coach in the NBA, regardless of who your favorite team is. But the Heat do have a lot that they can offer him, but... As a Heat fan, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be mad if they did it. I heard, you know, they're not trying to trade Tyler Hero. Me, personally, I would do it, but I'm not mad at them if they decide not to trade James, or if they not if they decide not to trade Tyler Hero for James Harden because Tyler Hero, even though he might not necessarily end up being as great of a player that James Harden is, he's still super young. I don't even think Tyler Hero is 21 years old yet. I think he's still 20. And we all seen what he did in the bubble. We all seen what he did as a rookie. He's sensational. He is a, a rare talent. He's ready to go. He has the confidence of, uh, his confidence is sky high. Like, you cannot knock his confidence. But I don't know, man. I'm still looking at, like, James Harden has zero leverage in this situation. This is not a win-win situation for Houston or for James Harden. Right now, it's a, a 50-50 win-loss situation for the Houston Rockets. And it's a, a loss-loss situation for James Harden because, even though you're a great player, you're a top five, top ten talent in the league, you can't just demand a trade and expect Timur Fertitta to just trade you to any one of your preferred destinations. Like, even if you were to go and get traded to, say, Philadelphia, do you automatically think the Sixers are going to win an NBA championship? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't think so because, yes, I do like Doc Rivers. 
I do like Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid, when his head is in the right place, is one of the best big men in the league and a, and a top 10 player in the league. But you still need more than that. Like, I think the best fit, sit, I think the best situation for James Harden probably is Miami. But again, it's not like the Houston Rockets are just going to trade him to any team that he wants to go to. They could trade him to Chicago. They could trade him to New Orleans. They could trade him to a dark horse team, the Denver Nuggets. Like, the Nuggets could end up giving away Michael Porter Jr. They could end up giving a couple picks and a, another player. They could end up trading for James Harden if they wanted to. Now, imagine James Harden, Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic on the same team. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. If they were, if the Nuggets were to trade for James Harden, they would probably the Rockets would probably end up asking for Jamal Murray. I think that they would probably do that because they're going to ask for a star player in return. You're not going to trade James Harden and not get a star player. And that's my thing. Again, he's not, the Rockets don't have to just trade him to a preferred destination. You got the Chicago Bulls who just hired first year head coach, Billy Donovan. They just got, they have Zach Levine, who's an emerging star. He could be trading. Then you got New Orleans, the Pelicans. Yes, they did just extend Brandon Ingram's contract and give him a max contract. But you know, you never know. Like James Harden is a, a rare athlete and that's my thing man I just want people to appreciate the greatness of James Harden man because he's such a a dynamic talent and I couldn't even imagine him in a situation that that thrives to him and what do I mean by that because at the end of the day basketball is a team sport it's always going to be a team sport it is five players on the court for each team 10 players in total always on the court you cannot win playing isolation basketball. That's my biggest thing. And that's the reason that James Harden did not win a ring in his time in Houston because it looks like his time in Houston is coming up, man. But I just want people to understand the type of talent that he is. If you're a team that has a young up-and-coming star, you would love to trade for James Harden. Unless you're like the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or you're Utah Jazz with Donovan Mitchell, you're not trading those guys. Do not trade those guys. Even the Nuggets, I wouldn't trade Jamal Murray for James Harden because I think Jamal Murray showed that he's on the verge of becoming a superstar. But aside from that, it's just like, man, this situation is, it's an interesting situation, man, because really it's just like you don't know what's going to happen. We really haven't heard a lot from James Harden. All this stuff has come from the media. It looks like James Harden is just living the time of his life, but we're going to see what happens, man. I just want people, this podcast was literally strictly just for you guys to appreciate the greatness of James Harden. He's such a different player. And I know people don't understand his greatness because he played in an offense that was a selfish offense and it selfishly catered to the ability of James Harden. But if you put him on a team like the Miami Heat, like the Denver Nuggets, I guarantee you he's going to play team basketball. He's not going to dribble the ball in one place a hundred times and then try to force up a tough shot. No, he's going to play off the ball. He might get the ball in his hands a couple times to run screen and rolls and stuff like that, but he's going to be a true shooting guard in any other city, in any other organization. He's going to be a true shooting guard. Simple as that. In Houston with Mike D'Antoni, they, they, they allowed him to have the ball every... Imagine if you're a player. Put it like this. Imagine you're a player and you're one of the best talents in the NBA and you get the ball in your hands every single time and your coach tells you, every time we get the ball in offense, I want the ball in your hands and I want you to try and get a bucket every single time. As a player, you might love that. But as a teammate, you're going to be frustrated because you, you know basketball is a team sport you need to play as a team in order to win and that's why I'm so frustrated with Houston because they fumbled this entire situation by keeping Mike D'Antoni and Daryl Morey as long as they did and that's why I want James Harden to at least give the Rockets one more chance 
before he decides to leave because Steven Silas is going to make you play team basketball. Steven Silas is going to play a successful style of basketball. And I'm not saying that Mike D'Antoni failed or Daryl Morey failed, but if you want to win a ring, you can you simply can't win by playing isolation basketball. And that's my thing, man. But that's that. Just appreciate James Harden. If you get a chance, go watch his highlights. He's a different type of player, man. Do not let what happened in Houston go over your heads and let you just forget the greatness that is James Harden. Now, moving on, staying in the Western Conference, going to another all-star caliber player, and that is Paul George. It has been officially reported by Woj today that the Clippers in PG-13 have reached a contract extension on a max deal worth four years, $190 million, locking up Paul George in a Clipper uniform until the 2024-2025 season, where he will then, in his last year of the contract, have a player option. And this, with the total earnings of money that Paul George will have made with the Clippers, makes him the highest paid player in the NBA. Yes, you just heard that correctly. Paul George is now officially the highest paid player in the NBA. Now, before I actually start talking about this, Let's just say and have a big congratulations for Paul George because he's been through a lot. He's had a lot of surgery since he's been in the league. He's proven to be an all-star capable player. But now, I'm going to say this. Because the Clippers gave Paul George this amount of money, Paul George better be a top 10 MVP candidate in the league this season. In a short, abbreviated 72-game season. Paul George better be a top 10 MVP candidate. Not saying he has to win, not saying he has to be a top 5 MVP candidate, but he better be in a top 10 MVP MVP candidate spot because they do rank the MVP ladders throughout the course of the season. He needs to be playing at that type of level because in the bubble, it was a lot of different things and reasons that went wrong with the Clippers from Doc Rivers to the coaching staff to Kawhi not being the best leader, to not having a real point guard, to not having a real big man and stuff like that, to not having good chemistry. But Paul George was a part of the problem. He wasn't all the problem. He doesn't deserve all the blame. You know, Kawhi deserves some blame. Doc Rivers deserves some blame. Pat Bet. Everybody a part of the Clippers team last year deserves a piece of the blame. Even though they're past it, they should let it go. It happened. It's in the past. But since he's still in a Clipper uniform, he needs to perform back to the Paul George that we know because Paul George and I continue to say this Paul George has not had an elite star all-star caliber playoff performance since 2014 when he was a member of the Indiana Pacers that was the last time Paul George had a playoff series where he looked like an all-star since then from Oklahoma City to now in Los Angeles for the Clippers He has not performed like an all-star in the playoffs. He plays fantastic in the regular season. I never have to question a player like Paul George in the regular season. But when you're an all-star, yes, you're expected to perform to a certain level in the regular season, but you're you're expected even more to raise that level of play in the postseason. And Paul George, again, has not done that since he was in Indianapolis. He has simply not done that. And so Paul George is 30 years young. Right now, he's technically in his prime. In the bubble, I think the thing that went wrong the most with Paul George was that he lost confidence. I think he truly lost confidence in his abilities. I think he's getting it back because I know he's hearing the noise. I know he's hearing all the jokes about playoff P, pandemic P, Paul George sucks, all this. And I know he doesn't suck. He's still an elite NBA player. But I do think it's some players that have passed him up. But he still can play at an all-star level. And my thing is with this. 
you need to show people that you are worth every single dime. I seen um I'm or actually after this I'm gonna watch the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson because he's the newest guest on their podcast. I can't wait to watch it once I get off of here. But I seen a clip where he said, I'm training back with the same trainer that I had when I was in the MVP discussions in Oklahoma City. Because if you remember, when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, the OK3, he was a top three MVP candidate that year. I forget. I think that was, what, 2017? Who, who, I don't even remember. I don't even remember who won. I think 2017, I, I want to say, who won the MVP that year? I forget. I forget who won MVP in 2017. I want to say it was. I don't even want to try it. But nonetheless, though, he was a top three MVP candidate that year. And he needs to get back to that level, man, because he has the skill. He has the crossover. He has the handle. He has the shimmy. He has the pull-up jumper. He has the athleticism to dunk on you. He has the three-point shot down. But his confidence was severely lacking in the bubble. Like, when he shot that shot, I think that was in Game 7. It might have been Game... Yeah, I think it was Game 7 versus the the, uh, Nuggets. When he shot that shot off the side of the backboard, I said, oh, my goodness, if he hits a, if he takes another shot like that and it gets the same results, Kawhi Leonard might not ever play another game in a Clipper uniform because that was horrible. I don't think I've ever seen an all-star player shoot a shot off the side of the backboard, ever. And I'm being so serious when I say that. I'm not trying to roast him. I'm not trying to make fun of him. But I don't think I've ever seen a player shoot it off the backboard unless it was like, you know, less than a second left on the shot clock and they just had to force up a shot. Aside from that, I've never seen that happen. And... He needs to get right, man. This is going to be a big year. And look, it's been an interesting year for the Clippers because you lose Montrez Harrell. You're probably going to... It's a lot of rumors out there right now that they're probably going to end up trading Lou Williams, which I don't think they should do because Lou Will, even though he hasn't had the best playoff performances, he can play good in the playoffs. Again, you lose him um, or you lose Montrez Harrell. You might end up losing Lou Will. You still have Pat Bev. You re-sign Marcus Morris. You still got, of course, Kawhi. You bring in Serge Ibaka, who I think is the perfect upgrade from Evita Zubak because I've never been a fan of Zubak. I think Ibaka is going to be a big-time player for them. And you still have a solid core. And I'm going to be honest. If James Harden stays in Houston, the Rockets are better than the Clippers. If, the, if, they're, able to, if they're able to stay healthy from uh, James Harden, who, who always is healthy, but from John Wall to DeMarcus Cousins, if that team is able to stay healthy down in the 7-1-3, the Rockets are better than the Clippers. You heard it here first. I'm going to tell you guys that right now. But if he doesn't, obviously that's a different story. The Rockets are probably going to be fighting for like a 7th, 8th seed in the West without James Harden. But it is time for Paul George to get back to that level that he was at when he was a member of the Pacers. And coincidentally, his head coach with the Pacers was the Lakers head coach, Frank Vogel. And Frank Vogel, give him a lot of credit because I remember when Paul George was in Indiana and literally Frank Vogel instilled the confidence in Paul George to become an all-star because that was at the end of Danny Granger's, you know, beloved Pacers career. And we all know Danny, or if you don't know, please go watch what Danny Granger was doing in Indianapolis before Paul George ascended into Paul George. He was a killer. Danny Granger was a straight bucket. He was the, the guy for them. But you have to get back to that. It's simple as that, man. Paul George has not been playing to the level that he needs to be. And when the Clippers give you a contract like this, it is time to show people that you are worth this contract and you are worth every single penny, man. Point blank simple. I hope and I expect Paul George to be back at that level. And of course, 
it's going to be good because if Paul George does get back to that level, it automatically makes the Lakers versus the Clippers that much more better. I'm not going to call the Lakers versus Clippers a rivalry because it's not. It's never been a rivalry. The Lakers have always been better except for the few years when they had an older, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, and the Clippers have prime CP3, prime Blake Griffin, and the Lob City team. That was the only time I could say the Clippers were better than the Lakers. But aside from that, never. It's always been the Lakers town, simple as that. And I'm from SoCal, so I know. The Lakers have always been better, point blank period, man. But of course, as always, I appreciate you guys if you have made it this far, man. As always, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports, man. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash bloggers slash journalists. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Go follow us. Go like our stuff. Go retweet our stuff. For all your sports news and needs, I promise you Nuts and Bolts Sports has everything that got you covered from all your favorite sports from basketball to soccer to football to baseball. Whatever you love, UFC, wrestling, I promise you Nuts and Bolts Sports has it for you. And of course, I'm still featured on Nuts and Bolts Podcast Network as well. Please go check us out. We have a whole bunch of other really great sports podcasts from a whole bunch of really intelligent and smart basketball minds and sports minds. So please go check us out on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network, man. And of course, man, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. As always, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. You guys stay safe. You guys stay blessed. Appreciate where you are at in life. Keep pushing to get to the goals that you want in life. Write down your goals. Try and knock them off one by one and just keep pushing, man. At the end of the day, that's all we could ever do is just keep pushing in the right direction. As always, peace, love, and blessings gone.